0: community manager and a sunlight mom of two. Today I'm being joined by some veteran homeschool moms as we talk about high school. So ladies, let's start with some introductions. Trisha, do you wanna go first? Sure, I'm
1: Trisha Goyer, uh, married to John. We have 10 kids. We have four that are high school graduates. Um, All of them are gonna be soon at the end of the semester college graduates also. And then we have six that are still in the process with that. Um, and I live in Arkansas and I'm a writer and speaker also.
0: Great, thank you so much. Lisa, do you wanna go next? Hi, I'm Lisa. I am a retired
2: homeschool mom. All of my children have graduated. Uh, My last one flew the nest in the spring. Uh, She's finishing up her first semester at college. And I'm a Sunlight Mentor and I work at conventions and I just really love helping people continue homeschooling or start homeschooling, but just
0: be an encouragement as you walk this journey. Great. Thank you. Sheila, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. So I'm like
3: Lisa. I also have three kids and I'm also a retired homeschool mom. Uh, My last one is in nursing school. She graduates in two weeks. So that's exciting. Um, And I also work as a mentor and as a consultant at conventions, So I'm happy to be here.
0: Perfect. Well, let's get started talking about homeschooling in high school. I think high school can be so intimidating even to experienced homeschoolers. And I know it's something that I was questioned about Questioned about even when I started homeschooling was, oh, well, surely you're not going to keep doing this in high school, right? <laughs> but fortunately, I do know that I can, um, but my oldest is still in middle school. So these three women today are the experts. They've all successfully graduated multiple children, and they know not only that it's possible, but that it doesn't have to be scary. So let's start with the academics. Uh, some parents might question their ability to teach as their kids get into upper level subjects. Um, It's one thing to teach second grade math, but calculus is a whole other thing. Um, So what do you do once your child is learning things that either you cannot remember or you never learned in your own high school experience?
2: Well, I think um, one, Sunlight offers classes, curriculum that makes it easy to teach. Matthew C. and Saxon are very teacher friendly, very Very easy to implement if you're talking about math, the instructor's guide for literature makes all of that very easy, but you can outsource some classes. Um, That is not against the homeschool rules, (laughs) whether it's a co-op situation or uh, a trade off with friends, Sheila and I traded off um, quite a few things when our kids were in high school or um, dual enrollment is an option for that. So you're not limited by just what you have knowledge of.
3: Yeah, what I like to tell people is that when you enter into the high school years, you're transitioning from being the primary teacher to being a guidance counselor. And so it's your job to figure out where you're going to source those classes, especially the ones that you don't feel comfortable doing. Um, so, and these days there are so many options available. Um, in the olden days of homeschooling, you were the kind of the only option. And so you had to be willing to relearn those subjects that you, know, you took way, way back in high school. But, um, but these days there are so many different options like Lisa mentioned. So it's just your job to figure out what's available to, to you and what is gonna be a good fit for your child.
1: Yes, and I think to add into that, currently I have an 11th grader that's using Sunlight, and I think it's a good opportunity. also I handed her the the guide with the schedule and said, you don't have to read these books in order. This is what they recommend. But I know having kids that have gone to college, they have to keep track of when things are due, they have to figure out their schedule. And so she'll say, okay, I wanna actually have this week off when we have company in town. So I'm gonna double up on this. And I let her do it herself because it's important for her to be able to maintain her schedule. I had one of my kids who got to college and he she did really bad her first semester because she was just letting that stuff kind of go until she realized like, oh my goodness, I have this huge report due tomorrow, which I think we've all been there. So I'm trying better this time in- in high school to hand it over i 100% agree with matthew c um, he teaches such a he does such a wonderful job and i also hire my college age student to tutor his sister and things that i don't quite get cuz i'll look at it and I sometimes know how to do it, but trying to explain it is forget it, Um, but also one of our daughters did dual enrollment also so when she was 16 she was doing classes up at the Community College and doing some homeschool things too, so I think it really with each child you kind of have to see where they're at, what they're capable of. We kind of have to push them a little bit more. Um, And then some are just ready to go on their own. And so it's a great opportunity to kind of grow into what they're gonna need if they choose college or even if they don't choose college, that self um, motivation
0: is a huge part of it. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, And a couple of you mentioned the dual enrollment. So what are some options maybe to consider with that? Um, I'm thinking more in terms of, like, Trisha. you mentioned a 16-year-old. Are they ready mm-hmm. for dual enrollment? You know, is it just academics that you're worried about or other things? Uh, what are your options or things to consider with that?
1: I could personally share our story. So, our daughter um, was 16, and she had always looked and did, wanted to do what her brother was doing, which, you know, she was three years behind him. So, by the time she was 16, she pretty much had gone through all the curriculum. And so, we lived in a small town in Montana. It was a community college, and I figured this is a safe environment for her to you know, get out in the world. And so we went up there and we signed her up for some classes. It's for us at the time, it was half the price as, as if she would have been in regular college. And so I think finding either online classes or like small community college where she was actually going to class, but it was such a small little college that it felt like a safe environment. And we felt comfortable like putting her, and she was mature, we felt comfortable putting her in that situation. But I think there's so many options that you can look into where they, you know, when by the time she was 18, she had her associate's degree and was ready to keep going. But that is a unique case. And I think each child you going have to see what will really fit their personality. So for Lisa and I, we both
3: live in Florida and dual enrollment is free. So Mm. that was a great thing. Um, And our girls took a class together. I'll never forget. Um, They would go to actual physical class. um, And the professor had asked the class, um, how many of you have registered to vote? And our girls didn't raise their hands, and he asked them, "Well, why, why haven't you registered to vote?" And they were like, "Well, we're 16," and <laughs> like they, you know, like they didn't stand out as high schoolers or homeschoolers. They fit right in. Um, the classes were small, less than 20, u- usually depending on you know what they took. Um, but like the English classes were small, and um, and we were available to help them if they need, needed help, but they didn't start dual enrollment until 11th and 12th grade. So at ninth and 10th grade, we still ha- had them at home. And then we, we, you know, let, let them take, and they didn't take a full load. Um, we let them take two classes. Is that about what you did, Lisa? I think that's what we did.
2: Uh, the last year, Rachel took a few more. Um, she was really interested in a certain degree. And so she was trying to get all her prereqs out of the way. And she was a senior driving herself and all those things so she took a few more not a full load because there are some considerations at least in our state with how many credits you have as you go into college can affect some scholarship opportunities Um, so we did kind of hold a few classes back that would not allow her to go past being a freshman even though she had more credit hours than a freshman would have But to be considered for some of those scholarships, you had to be a true freshman. Um, I think there's some sport things that maybe you want to consider as well. My other daughter plays sports in college, so that played into what we chose for her um, as far as her eligibility. So there's lots of things to consider. And like Tricia was saying, it's really a student by student. And just because brother did it this way doesn't mean that's how sister is going to do it coming along because they have different goals. Um, So it really is your job as the mom or the facilitator to really talk to your student and find out what they wanna do and and then find out what things are available on that path. One more thing I wanna add too is that,
3: um, oh my gosh, my train just left the station. (laughs) Something I was going to add about dual, dual enrollment and it just left
0: my mind. OK, it must not have been important. Never mind. <laughs> well, if you think of it later, feel free okay. to jump in with that. <laughs> so, and Trisha, you also mentioned talking about like the high school uh, sunlight like, instructor's guides, you can kind of hand off some things to your students and let them start, you know, taking ownership of what they're doing. Um, But how much monitoring should you be doing, however? Do you turn everything over? Can you continue to read with them? What are some ideas and how might they vary depending on the students that you have?
1: Oh, that's so good. Well, because um, she has younger siblings that I'm still reading out loud to, She comes and she does Bible time with us. She's 17 and she does, she listens to some of our read out loud. So she is completely still, we still have that morning time with her. Um, I don't read out loud any of her books to her, but we get them on audiobooks, and sometimes we'll listen to them together. Also, like my husband went up one day and she's supposed to be in her room Uh, reading and she was asleep (laughs) he's like are you really sure she's doing all her work and so I just went through the guide and she marks off when she's done I'm like so tell me about this book and so she spent like 20 minutes telling me about the book I'm like okay I think she actually is reading it and we don't do a lot we do uh, we do writing I have her do writing, but I don't have her do every writing assignment. A lot of the ones where it's just answering questions, I'll just ask them. And then she answers them instead of her writing them all out. I'd rather have her spend more time writing. We'll add in like poetry or different things where she could do some of the other creative stuff. Um, and so when I ask her questions or when I say tell me what this book's about and if she's going on for 20 minutes then I know like okay she is definitely um, listening either uh, audiobook or reading this book and then we talk about different things and so I do have to check um, and like every child's different I've had one child that I'll go I'm like oh yeah you are like (laughs) you are getting behind so when we're all like celebrating Christmas break you're gonna have to catch up in some of those works. And so again, it depends on the kids. It depends on their personalities. It depends on sometimes what they think they can get away with. The one that was the biggest struggle at home also was the biggest struggle when she got to college too, because she wasn't that self-motivated kid. Um, But usually if you just say, hey, tell me what you're reading and they can tell you about it is a good sign.
3: Yeah. And we also had, um, so I had two I have two, two kids that are three years apart. So the older one of the two, very independent. Um, I just handed him the IG and he read through it in order and he checked check things off. And I would do the same thing. Just check in with him. You know, how's it going? Tell, tell me about the books. Do you like it? Don't, don't you like it? What do you like about it? And just have a conversation. Um, the younger one is dyslexic. And so I actually read aloud to her. A lot like we read the history spine together and um, and I would trim a lot of the books like she there was no way she would be able to read all of the books that are in a full instructor's guide. Um, So I would trim some of the books out, I would try and find some on audio so she would read one while she listened to one. And so it's okay, even though at, at the high school level, that is the time to tra- transition where they take it on. If your child still need, needs you, it's okay for you to still be involved and still read. I, in fact, I joked with her. I'm like, oh, I guess I'm going to college with you. And she's like, why? I'm like, because I guess I got to read your textbooks to you. And so by the next year, by 11th grade, she's like, I I got this mom. I'm like, okay. And she's the one who's about to to graduate from nursing school. So, you know, they, they do
2: eventually, you know, make it, it, out. Out. <laughs> it works out. With my oldest, um, we just had a calendar appointment twice a week that we met to talk about. She's very self-motivated, very able to manage herself. And that worked fabulous for us. I just had the instructor's guide. She had her copy and we chatted. Uh, my youngest one was not I don't know that she's not as self-motivated she's just a different personality so i continued to read aloud to her until she graduated Um, and she was extremely nervous to go to college because i wasn't going to go with her um but she has two finals left tomorrow and thus far she's on track for all a's and she's like my friends are always asking me how are you so smart and i really am not not that she's not smart I think it's the way that she's learned from sunlight. She's learned to think through things. She's learned to analyze and she's doing more than just here's 12 facts. And here's a piece of paper where you may regurgitate the 12 facts to me. um, She actually is learning. And so it's not so hard for her. So she, she constantly amazes herself, (laughs) which doesn't amaze (laughs) me because she is a smart girl and she learned well.
0: Yeah, that's a great problem to have, right? <laughs> doing better than you think you are. So along with maturing and some of those budding independence, though, you might have some conflict with your teens that you don't with younger children. So rather, what? Or excuse me, whether it's attitude or rebellion, how do you homeschool through those potential relationship issues? And then how does homeschooling allow you to have a better relationship with your high schoolers?
1: Well, I can jump in because we, um, our oldest, Daughter that we adopted, not our oldest daughter, but the oldest one we adopted. Um, we finalized adoption when she was in the middle of her sophomore year. And suddenly I'm saying, I'm bringing you home. And I'm going to school you. And there was times, in her younger sisters too, we adopted a sibling group before where they're like, This is stupid. I don't like these books. These books look stupid. I don't want to do Bible. And it was a lot of, well, you could put your head down, you could listen don't you don't have to you know and pretty soon they started understanding like oh this is fun and pretty and all the books we've never had a book that they didn't love like they'll be like this book looks dumb and then pretty soon they're like we're crying at the end because it's such a good book (laughs) and so a lot of that was just realizing that they may feel like they don't want to do it or I'm too old for this or why are you reading that loud to me but over time, I think they really got to enjoy it. And now that they're even older, that was five years ago. Remember that book we read? And I loved it. So even if you have those kids, it doesn't seem like they're listening, that they don't want to do it. Just keep going. And, and you know, I'll just say, just put your head down just put your head down. You don't have to look at anybody. You don't have to do anything. Just don't fall asleep and listen to the story. And pretty soon you realize like, okay, they are paying attention. They do want. they do say. Can you read another chapter? And it it will, it will continue. Uh, I mean, we still have conflicts with some of our older kids and that 18 age is they're supposed to start going off on their own. So they're supposed to be independent. I think by the time they get their age, we're like, okay, yes, please go get some independence for a while because there's that budding head season. But I think it is like that good season of they need to break away. We can't be in control of everything. And now that I have four completely out of the house, college, all the stuff, I'm trying to do that more and more with the little ones. Like, why don't you do the student on your own? Or why don't you try this? Because I realize like it's too hard when you're trying to break away all at once. I'm trying to give them more independence at younger ages.
2: My troubled child was the one who went to public school. Um, That was the hardest relationship. And not all of it was public school and not all of it was him. It was just a lot of things. Um, But really, my girls, I really have not had any huge conflict with them. Um, You know, obviously, I have to make rules and no one wants rules, but, um, I do think because we spent our whole lives together, um, that it went down easier. I think that they truly maybe where their brother misunderstood where I was coming from. I think they had a better concept of, of my role and how much I love them. And if I made a rule, it wasn't because I wanted them to, you know, be the butt of all their children or their friends jokes or, be miserable or any of that Um, it was just because i was trying to do my best by them so i think homeschooling was an awesome enhancement to our relationship
3: um for us there's a couple things that i can think think of we didn't have a whole lot of rebellion um but there was some pushback in a couple things so i remember when timothy my middle child um we were doing level 100 at the time. And at the time, Ender's Game was in level 100 at the end of the year. And he he saw the cover of the book and he's like, mom, I don't wanna read this book. And you know, he I think he was just kind of done. Like it was the end of the school year and he just wanted it to be done. And I'm like, I'm sorry, buddy, you know, just just start it. Just see, you know, just give it 50 pages. And if you hate it, we'll, you know, we'll talk. It ended up being his favorite book, ever he has reread it multiple times it's a part of a series he's read the whole series he's read other books by the author and I'm like aren't you glad I made you read that book (laughs) so that's one thing Um, another thing was same same child we were looking at um, you know it was high school he had done 100 for eighth grade and 200 for ninth grade and so we were looking at you know what what was coming and We weren't going to get through all the levels so you know which levels and so instead of me making the decision i asked him um look you got you have to do 400 because it's government and civics and that is a requirement you already got 100 out of the way that's us history so now you have these other options do you want to do 300 do you want to do you know 500 or 600 and so you you can pick um And so he actually gave it a serious consideration and he came back to me and said, mom, I feel like I know ancient history pretty well. We had done B and we had, we had done G and we had done classical conversations. We had memorized a lot of ancient stuff. He really liked um, myths, mythology, and he had read a bunch, you know, Percy Jackson and and all that. So he's like, I feel like I know that. Well, I don't feel like I know what happens after world war one. Or two, because most of history stops there, <laughs> and so he's like, so I really think I want to do three hundred and really get to know, you know, that whole set cent- century, which I thought I was like, great, that's a great idea. So yeah, you don't have to do five hundred because we've pretty much covered that stuff, but that's great. You'll get to learn about the Korean War and the Vietnam War and the Gulf War and all the things, you know, the the sixties and the seventies, and and he his point was. This stuff is more relevant to, re- to now, you know, the more recent history is more relevant to now than a- ancient stuff, which he felt like he really had a grasp on. So I think allowing your child in, especially at the high school um, le- level when you're trying to choose for them, don't, don't do all the choosing for them. And then the third story is my young, youngest one. She was going to a co-op for the classes that I outsourced math and science, because I don't like those classes. <laughs> and so we, um, her father and I forced her to take this conceptual fit physics class that she really, really didn't want to take. But she had taken chemistry. I mean, she had taken all the other science, sciences, biology and chemistry. And I was like, you have to have physics. And she's like, I don't. I'm like, you do. I don't. I didn't either. So we made her do it. It was the only B she got, and that B precluded her from joining a uh, nursing program that would have started in ninth grade. I mean, the tears and the anger towards us because we made her take this class, and she didn't do well in it. And, and so, you know, I mean, I still feel like she needed the physics class, but <laughs> we forced it, and it was not a good thing. So I think having those conversations and explaining, and um, yes, it does ultimately rest on you. But the more buy-in you get from the child, the less resistance I think you'll get. And so that's my tip.
0: Yeah, I love that.
1: I did want to add into conflict that maybe is impacting other kids too, because, you know, one time I had seven kids around the table and we had one of our daughters who's 18 now. She did not want to do her work. She wasn't gonna do her work. She was in high school. She refused to do her work. And it would just be such conflict in the house. So when we um, when the pandemic came and everyone was doing virtual school, I'm like, well, I'm not, I'm not giving you credits. Like you are not graduating from mama homeschool here. So you could do the high school virtual school. I'm like, at least you know she's not at the school. She did that, did horrible. Well, I'm like, well, she's not doing work for them either. Um, and this year she's actually going to the public school. And it was, it's just been in the last like month and a half that she's picked up her game and she's actually doing her work. She's jumped from D's and F's to A's and B's. And I'm like, you could have been doing this all along, but, and I've always known like what what a better education, like using sunlight and homeschooling gives. And it, now that she's going to school, I'm like, yeah, this is like, they're doing this much work. So <laughs> even, I mean, I'm like, well, I'm, they're going to graduate you because this is their requirement. If you weren't going to like, this is my mama's level. So if you're not going to come up to there, but all that to say, it was bringing so much conflict in the home, dealing with this one child and her attitude all the time for the sake of the other five children now that are still at home, um, that I'm homeschooling, you know, go letting her go to school, letting her deal with it, which next, you know, she's 18. She'd actually be in college if she's at that level. She needs to learn how to go and interact and, do her own work. It was good for the sake of the rest of our kids and the rest of our homeschooling. Those are hard decisions I make. I never thought I'd be the mom that'd be like, go, I can't handle this, but for the sake of our peace, we had to do that this year. So just wanted to add that too.
3: Yeah, we have a similar story, not not quite to that level, but our oldest child that we had started homeschooling when he was in kindergarten, halfway through ninth grade, came to us and said we really I, I really want to go to CCA. It's a small Christian school. He he was playing sports there as a homeschooler because, you know, they'll take our homeschool m- money and fill their bench. <laughs> um, but then all his friends were like, "Oh, dude, if you went to school here it'd be so fun." And so he got the bug and wanted to go to school. And I took it pretty hard. Um I joked that he fired me as his <laughs> educator. Um, And so I was like, fine, you want to go school? I mean, it, it took some doing for us to come up with tuition for private school because we hadn't budgeted for that. We were saving for college. Um, But we made it work. And my attitude shifted from, you know, it being a bad thing, because I took it personally, but then it, it it freed me up to focus on the other two because really i talked to the ol- oldest and the other two would listen in and follow along but it gave me the chance to be able to really focus on those two well and um, and i told him i told the ol- oldest one as i like, did you you go to school you're on your own they're like that that is your choice i'm not helping you with ho- homework they're going to sign stupid work and projects and i'm not doing it i'm not helping you you (laughs) fired me i'm out you got to make your own lunch you got to get yourself up like i was hard and he's like okay 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 and he did he did um and again i had to create a transcript for him to be able to go to school and mama's level is here so i (laughs) gave him a couple b's because i didn't think he had tried hard and when he graduated from cca he had straight a's In CCA, the only Bs on the transcript were my my Bs. So (laughs) he would have had a 4.0, but my Bs. And again, mom, and I'm like, hey, I'm sorry that my requirements are way, you know, I am an academic prep school. And, you know,
0: this school is not quite as to the level as mine, so. Love that. That's great. And you both talked about, yeah, putting kids back in school. Um, And also there's sometimes where parents want to pull a child out of school. So what types of things like the transcript and graduation requirements do you need to make sure of or be aware of before you make one of those decisions in the middle of high school?
1: Yeah, I know for us, we were in Arkansas. It lists on their website what is required. And so I like made my own in a word document what the end of school took it um in fact all the colleges that I went to we've enrolled kids in straight from high school some went to a, a community college some went to a state university and uh two went to a state university and one went to a private Christian college every single one of them looked at the transcript and it was completely fine and they stuck out in the file now their ACT scores did match it would have been a problem if I would have said they got straight, straight A's and then their ACT scores would have been really low but I think maybe they glanced at that paper for like 10 seconds, but it did have everything. I made sure that we did the classes that were on the state requirement. And we moved with some of our kids from Montana to Arkansas. And so it was a little bit different, but he was a sophomore at the time. And so we just had to, he had to take different things during his junior and senior year than we had planned. But everyone was able to just look at the transcript and um, go on with it.
3: Yeah, keep, keep in mind that People move, like I was a military brat, I grew up in the Navy, and um, we didn't move around as much as some of my friends did, but some some of my friends, every three years, they were going to a new school, and those schools had to take you know whatever the transcript, whatever credits and stuff that they had, and, um, and make it work for that chi- child. So I think the most important thing is to know what your state requirements are, and if you move, you have to find out what the new states require, requirements are. And then if you do have a a child who wants to go to college, it's a good idea to start looking at some of the colleges that you might even consider. Um, All three of mine went to state universities. Um, My two that that we homeschooled, I I printed the official transcript that I created um, on an Excel spreadsheet, and uh, they accepted it, no questions asked. What I did do on mine, and kind of what Trish was saying too, is when you have a child take a dual enrollment class and they do well in the dual enrollment classes, those A's that they make in those classes validate the rest of the A's mm-hmm. that are on the transcript that you've given them, whether it was in a co-op or whether it was just in your homeschool. And so on my tra- transcript, I made a key, I don't know if you can see it here, um, and I would superscript if the course was taken at home, if it was taken via a tutoring program or if it was a dual enrollment course. If it was a dual enrollment course, then I would put on there um, what the course uh, prefix was, like ARH 2000, Art in the Humanities, or ENC 1101, Comp and Lit. Like I would list it out because most universities know what 1101 means. and so because we were going from the state community college to the state university, it was a pretty seamless um, thing. But so yeah I think I think the two biggest things is knowing what the graduation requirements are for your state and what state universities in your uh, state are looking for. because even if they go to Bible college or you know a community college, if, if you use the state university as your, baseline then you're pretty much going to hit you know all the all the targets that you're that you want to try and aim for.
1: Yeah I did the same thing on the bottom I put if it was dual enrollment or even when she was at the local high school our one daughter before I pulled it out when she was a sophomore I put from Bryant High School and then I just stapled the high school transcript that showed the one and a half years on there and stapled that to it so they could see. But on, the, on my transcript, it had that, that it was just from the local high school. And I really encourage parents, even if you have younger kids, to, fig- to figure out, you know, before they start seventh, eighth, ninth grade what they need to be doing later. Because I think sometimes we go to the, especially for at a curriculum floor and we see this and that and this and that, and it can be so overwhelming. They think I can't do this. When you see, okay, they need three sciences, they need three years of math and whatever, then it makes it more doable. Like I could actually achieve that. Because if we look at all the curriculum catalogs, we think we're gonna spend 20 hours a day doing the work, which you don't have to do that at all. So it really helps even when they're younger to look and see what required in college or in to graduate from high school because then you can pace yourself better and not be completely overwhelmed.
0: Yeah. And you both mentioned the grades and the transcript and Sheila, that looks like my college transcript. That's very detailed and great. But how do you assign the grades? I know, Trisha, you mentioned the ACT validated your grades and Sheila, you were grading harder than your son's school. I mean, how do you determine if you've never assigned grades, especially with sunlight, a lot of things are not graded, their discussions and things like that. So how do you determine how to grade that child to even put that on the transcript?
2: We had a contract. Um, I went through and thought about all the things that were important to me. Um, That was finishing your work timely, having a good attitude about that, Um, you know, completeness, correctness, all of those things. And I just assigned a percentage value to each one of those things. Um, And for me, Uh, Testing was not the highest percentage because that's not the be-all and end-all of our homeschool. Uh, I was not looking for someone who could regurgitate facts. I was looking for someone who learned and learned with a joyful attitude. So once I assigned all of that, um, we both signed it. I made sure they were very aware that this is what I was looking for. It was on the side of our refrigerator. And that's kind of how we graded. For things like science or math, where there were tests, um, I did allow them to redo the things that they missed on a test. The public school here does that. Like everyone gets a 70. They keep working until they get it. So I made my kids work until everything was correct. Again, because my test was not the goal. It was that you learned how to factor a polynomial or the cell dividing process or whatever. So um, I did pass things back and say, why don't you try that again now that we've gone over it or whatnot. So yes, my kids did get A's, but they earned them. Their test scores went by that. But that's how I graded was we had a conversation beforehand. They knew what I was looking for. And a lot of it had to do with doing your best. I did not want um, Mediocre work from non-mediocre people.
1: That's really good. And I think, too, um, I would say, okay, an average thing would they would turn it in on time and it would be readable and it would give the information. Um, If they put more effort into it, it'd be a B. And sometimes I say, well, right now you have a C if you go and do this. And because I'm a writer, I say I work with editors all the time. They tell me what to go back and fix. It's not like I turn everything in perfectly, which kind of helps them because they see me like I have my edits now and I'll even show them my red line page. So this is not presentable to my editor right now. It's not going to be printed this way. So, as your editor, if you want to see, you could just leave it like this. But these are some corrections and then it gives them the chance to go back and fix it and do a better job and approve. And so I think. And then with math and stuff is easier. And I will say, okay, yeah, you can you can try this again. Do you need more help studying and trying to figure out? Because we don't have to just stop like, okay, C, move on, or D, move on. We can get them to learn and go on to um, get a different grade. And I think that really helped now when uh, when we first got our kids into our home, they, they were in public school because we adopted them at ages 11, 13, 13, and 15. And I saw the grades that we getting on stuff. I'm like, this would have been a D. And they just gave you a B on this. So I knew what my standard was higher. Some of them, I'm like, these aren't even complete sentences. How could you have gotten a B on this? So I know it's easy when you have a whole classroom of kids to just say, oh, the work's done. It's a B. But mom actually goes and reads things. But I think that has benefited them. Because when they go to college, then they are turning in better work at higher standards. And they are, it's easier for them to get A's. Because they've had to have me go back and correct things and have them do it again. Yeah,
3: and in our home, having that older child go to a Christian school and seeing the kinds of grades he was making and seeing him decide. So he's like, I got a quiz tomorrow, but it's only 10% of my grades. So if I skip it, I get a zero. But then, you know, like he's trying to figure out if he's going to do the work or not. Um, And And he had that option Um, in our homeschool that was not an option like it was, you're going to do the work and um, and I'm the same way I I I also write and so I also understand that every writer needs an editor they need fresh eyes and they need you know help just to kind of because after a while you get stuck in the weeds and you can't get out of them. So, um, so yeah, I wouldn't grade a paper when they first tur- turned it in and I didn't make them polish every paper I either. Sometimes you're just writing. It's okay that it's not completely perfect in every, you know, piece of grammar is correct and everything. It's just the ideas that I, I want you to, to think through and communicate. Um, but then every so many I would be like, okay, we need to we we need to have something for the portfolio, so let's get this one polished up and let's make it look good. Um, so for me, the biggest thing was, are they doing all they all all the work? Well, yes, because they didn't have an option. Um, are they going back and doing the fixes? Yes, because they didn't have an option. And so I joke that I'm like, oh, my kids all get A's because we don't move on until they get you know until it's done. And they're going to fix it, fix it, fix it till till it's done. Because my goal is not to check the box, although I am a box checker. My goal is to get my kids to learn. And the way they're going to learn is to is to spend time
0: in the material. So. I love that. Yeah. And what about the extracurriculars or elective classes? I know you mentioned, like, if you look at your state or college requirements, you know, there's a certain amount of science, math, et cetera, that a child needs to have. But how do you determine what extracurriculars they're going to do. And then also on those subjects, you may not have the curriculum for that. So where do you send them to take those things?
1: Yeah. And I think a lot of that is available in the local community. Um, We had a homeschool basketball team and we had homeschool cheerleaders. And so our girls, they were between the ages of fifth and See, at 10th grade at the time, they're all cheerleaders for all the teams. And so I count that as PE, like that is totally PE. They're exercising, they're learning routines, Um, or if our kids are in sports, whether homeschool sports or even community sports. Um, For art, I have a friend at church that's an amazing artist, and she actually teaches at um, different schools and she teaches at art museums. And so I had seven kids, and so I would pay her to come one day a week, for I think two semesters and she did like legitimate art classes with them their art is hanging in our house because she did such a good job but for the you know because she was doing them all together it was only I think maybe fifty dollars a week but she's teaching seven kids at one time and it was like an hour and a half and so that worked for me so there's people in your community that you can you know have come to your house or you could you know um, connect your kids to do internships I mean there's lots of different things where they are learning or they're doing extracurricular activities, that is more than just like sitting down with a book.
0: All right. Well, great. (laughs) We're going to wait and see if anybody else Well, I was going to talk over Lisa.
3: You
2: you go first, and then I'll finish up. So we um, incorporated things that my kids wanted to know about. When hand lettering became a big thing, both of my girls wanted to know about that. So I did some research. I pulled some material together. We watched some YouTube videos. We practiced. And I gave them credit for that because they spent time doing it. So um, both of my girls also got a home ec credit. They wanted to learn how to sew pajama pants and pillowcases. I have the ability to teach that. So we did that. Um, They both learned to cook. To budget to shop to cook to serve all of that so we incorporated for some of those um extra classes that are electives things that they already wanted to know how to do that either i could do or i could get someone to help with so um we also used sports and then we hired physical a personal trainer and we counted that as pe so lots of things that we were already going to do anyway we incorporated into
3: our, our transcript as an elective. Um, we we did the same. We also did some classes at the co-op. So I was actually looking at Annie's tran- transcript. Um, she did photography and lo- logic at a co-op, but then she also did the humanities class, and SLS is a required class, and she took it. So I put it on the transcript because she spent time, you know, going to class and doing that. So. Dual enrollment classes can also be like, you know, you can do some fun um, electives there. Uh, We did, um, keep keep in mind that if your state only requires three math credits for high school, anything above the three can be considered an academic elective. So Annie had five maths on hers, Timothy had six on his, he's now a mechanical engineer. So, you know, it fits. Um, But if they do high school level class, in lower grades. So, like he did al- Algebra 1 in seventh grade, Geometry in eighth grade. So, those two classes that he took in seventh and eighth grade count on the high school tra- transcript. But now he has time to make it to Calc 1. So, all those extra classes can count as an academic elective. So, you don't have to fill your transcript with basket weaving and shop. You can just fill it with more academic classes. So, you know, again, if, you're, if your state only requires three history classes, then the extra class or, or if you take four history classes, but then you also take psychology, which is a social sci- science, that can be an academic elective. So keep that in mind that it doesn't all have to be art, music, things like that. It, it can just be another math class. Um, it And if you take like math... Um, A foreign language. The requirement is that you only take two two years. But if you keep going and you take three or four four years, that's two more academic electives that you can add, that will fill in your transcript.
1: Yeah, and I love what you both say, too, which we do too, is what they're interested in already, is because one of our daughters, she's teaching herself like I don't know three different. Asian languages or you know she's teaching her like Korean and Japanese and she has all these charts and her room and binders and stuff I'm like these are Asian language because you spend a lot of time on it and she loves it and so looking and see what they're naturally doing what they enjoy doing um, during one season my, my grandma lives with us too she's 92 years old she hurt herself and so we spent a lot of time like watching old movies with grandmas old musicals we have cinema that is cinema. We're talking about characterization. We're talking about plotting. We're comparing movies from you know from 50 years ago with movies now, which I took a cinema class in college. That's what we did. You watch a movie, you discuss it. That is cinema. And so if you're already doing things in life, things that you do as a family, um, you can you know figure out how to, if they're actually learning, <laughs> and not just for fun laying on the couch watching movies, but for actually learning and you can incorporate those things and they can get credits for those also.
0: Yeah, that is great. Uh, what is your biggest piece of advice? You guys have said so many amazing things that I'm pocketing away, you know, storing for my kids when they get older. Um, but if you could only share one piece of advice for someone homeschooling a teenager, what would be the biggest thing you would tell them?
3: Keep the relationship alive. Don't don't die on a hill about getting schoolwork done or you know finishing a book or whatever. I mean, those things are important, but if you keep the relationship alive, that is going to last way lot longer than a high school tra- transcript will.
1: And I would say, um, even if you get to the end and you realize, oh no, I missed something, <laughs> that it'll be okay. I remember my third started college and on the way there, I was, his sister was using his car. So I was driving him to his first day of our state university. And I realized like, oh my goodness, Nathan, we never worked on a five-paragraph essay. We did a lot of creative writing. And I'm like, you you can't, I was teasing, but kind of freaked out at the same time. Like, you can't go to school today because we didn't, we never worked on a five-paragraph essay. He's like, mom, it'll be fine. So he gets in the car afterwards after his classes. I'm like, what did you learn in your English? I just like, she's teaching us how to do a five paragraph essay I'm like oh they actually teach you things in college too like you don't need to know everything before you actually get there okay but the funny thing is he ended up that within like two or three weeks his um, professor approached him about tutoring in the writing lab because his writing was so strong from creative writing stuff so he was actually tutoring upperclassmen you know, juniors and seniors, he was a freshman just started college, because we had done a lot of writing. So if you miss something, like, the overall education that they're receiving will cover up for those things, and they will learn in college. <laughs> like, there are teachers there, professors there that are going to teach them things.
2: I think, um, and Sunlight does such a great job of, of making lifelong learners. Um, we can't teach them everything there is to know. Um, otherwise, people would, like, stop at high school or stop with a college degree or stop with a doctorate or stop with a master's or whatever that is. Um, so if we just teach them to be learners, then like Trisha was saying, they will pick up whatever the gap is because everyone has gaps mm-hmm. or else we would all have exactly the same education and we don't. Everyone has gaps. So our job is to teach them to learn and then to let them learn from wherever it is that they learn Um, so i i think just keeping the perspective that you can't teach them everything so stop trying
0: yeah i love that thank you so much for being here today ladies and discussing some of the concerns that people may have with homeschooling in high school Hopefully we've allayed some of those fears, but just as a reminder for anyone watching, if you're still feeling some anxiety or have a situation that you need help with, you can always reach out to our Sunlight Advisors to discuss. They will help you with that. And then our mentors are in our app and on our Facebook connections group. So there's other people maybe with more experience than you have that can walk you through that. Um, And again, ladies, thank you so much for being here. I feel like I've learned a ton. (laughs) Thank you.